John chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Verse 14. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, glory as of the only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Merry Christmas. My name is Savannah. Um, and for those of you who know my mother, <laughs> she is extremely pragmatic. She likes logic and is honest to a fault even with her kids. When I was little, she didn't believe in Jesus. She didn't go to church because she didn't really get God. What she did understand, however, was that Christmas was intended to celebrate a man named Jesus coming to earth to save his people. Because of her understanding of the definition of the holiday, she refused to let my brother and I believe in a certain jolly fellow clad in red because she didn't think that that was the true meaning of Christmas. While she didn't believe in any of it, she did believe in teaching her kids the accurate meaning of it so that we could have all the facts for ourselves and draw our own conclusions. For me, this meant that since I was able to speak, I've had a pretty clear understanding of what Christmas is supposed to be about. But though my child mind could explain the definition of Christmas, my heart didn't really get it until much later. What my heart didn't know was that it wasn't just some guy named Jesus, but that it was a savior, my savior, who came down, sacrificed his entire reputation and entire body just to tell me that he loved me. Now, knowing Christ, when I read the Christmas story, I can't see anything but him on the cross because the manger ultimately leads there. The cross is why he came. I mean, just picture Jesus' baby shower, right? So, you know, when the wise men come and they bring gifts, they travel a long way, like it's essentially just the most important baby shower of all time. Um, and for some of you, you may know what the gifts represent, but here's a little recap. The wise men brought gold, frankincense, and myrrh, right. So gold is an easy one. Jesus is a king. He was the ruler of heaven. And what do you give to a king besides precious gold? Frankincense was used in religious ceremonies and represents that Jesus was deity. Jesus is God. But then we have myrrh. Myrrh is an embalming oil, which means that when the Magi show up to celebrate Jesus' birth, they are praising him for his impending death, his impending promise on the cross. Growing up, I didn't understand the gravity of this because while it's great to celebrate the festivities, sometimes we don't capture the whole picture. We don't capture the feelings of confusion that Mary, Joseph, and their families had as angels started appearing before them to tell them, hey, you're going to raise the Christ. We don't capture the gossip that spread around them regarding what others viewed as taboo. And I fear that sometimes in the midst of Christmas cheer, we forget why Christ came here. And we sing it every single year. He was born so he could die. He was born so that we could live. The joy that Christmas brings is even bigger than we know because the Son of God came to take on all of our faults and make us clean enough to stand before God because God's plan all along is just to bring us back to him. I don't have a relationship with my dad, and my birth was an accident, so comprehending that someone could chase after me and plan for me and love me so much that he would go through life poor and ridiculed simply to have a relationship with me, I I don't get it. <laughs> I still don't get it. My own family doesn't do that, so I can't help but ask myself, you know, like, what am I worth? Why me? Like, he's got the wrong girl. Um, but then I picture him swaddled in a little cloth and then carrying a cross, and I hear him say, this is what you're worth. 
Later in the service, Allison is going to be gracing us with the song, O Holy Night, and there's a line that ring, reads, long lay the world in sin and error pining until he appeared and the soul felt its worth. Meditate on those words as we sing them later on in the program and remind yourself of the cross. Think of the sacrifices Jesus had already made just by stepping down from heaven. And most importantly, remind yourself that I am special and I am that loved. Welcome everybody, Merry Christmas. That was kind of weak. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to my mom that I picked up last night. She, we hoped she would be in at nine. We went to bed around two, so we're tired. Uh, we're gonna do something a little chaotic here, so I'd like all the Splash kids and their teachers, come on up forward to the front of the stage, right here. So for the rest of you, I want you to understand this, that in, our, in the Heaver family, We've done this for a long time, it's a tradition, and what we do is we act out, we do a role play, we act out the Christmas story. So, this could be a ton of fun, or it could be the most chaotic and biggest mistake we've ever made. So we'll just see what happens here. Okay, kids, who likes to act? Okay, we have one. We're off to a very good start. Okay, there we go, there we go. We got more. All right, so where's Katie? Katie, can you be Mary? Thank you. Okay, we have a costume for you. Um, Max. Max, where's Max? Over there. Max, can you be Joseph? Max, you get a Joseph costume. There you go. <laughs> You two are married. Sorry. Where's Jack? I'm not going to call everyone out, but Jack, you got to be the shooting star, okay? Yes, you get that. Uh, someone who can read. Who's a good reader? There you go. Can you be an angel? Yes. Can you be an angel? So you get an angel costume, and you're going to get to read. Um, we need... Who has a good angry face? Okay, you get to be the innkeeper. All right? This is a very important role. Okay, I need a sheep. You're a sheep. I thought I gave you a role. Okay, okay, you're a sheep. I need a shepherd. You're a shepherd. I need a cow. Who wants to be a cow? You're a cow. A donkey? Judah, you want to be a donkey? No? Max. You already have a role. No, Max, Max said he did not want to be Joseph. He wants to be the donkey. Can you find me a Joseph? Max, you get to be Yes, we already have okay. a Joseph. You're yes. a donkey. Where are we at? One camel. Judah, you want to be a camel? We need a camel. I, I'm going to recruit an adult here in a minute if I don't get a, 
a camel. We got a camel and an elephant. I may be taking liberties with the Christmas story, just so you know. Did we get an elephant? We have an elephant. I don't know if he fits. Do we have an elephant costume? We have an elephant sign right over here. We also need someone who is a big kid to be God, and that's Jim. That would be me. Now, the rest of you, oh, I do, I think I need a tree. Who's a cow? Sam. Sam makes Hey, put the tree on Sam. Sam makes a great tree. You guys think Sam's a great tree? There we go. Okay. And everyone else, if you don't have a role, you, it, you're an angel then. Anyone else? Do we have an angel costume or anything? All right, is everyone set? I need to, we need to practice something. Whenever you, if you're an animal and you, you hear me say your animal name, then we need to hear you sound off as your animal. Okay, so if I say, if I say once upon a time there was a sheep and there was also a cow. Where's our cow? Let's hear your cow. We, we have a very quiet cow. And a donkey. There we go. There's there we go. We got the cow. And a donkey. There we go. There's a donkey. And the elephant. I don't remember creating yes. that. Very nice. And do we have a camel? And a camel. What sound does a camel... I don't even know what sound a camel makes, so. Camels but, don't make noises. By the way, if you're thinking this is total chaos, this is exactly how we do it. Okay, everybody off the stage. Kids, if you can go off the stage, and we're going to invite you up. Okay, scene one. Stage what we need diving. on the stage is one sheep, one tree, Mary, and the angel that's going to read. The tree, Sam's the tree. All right. Okay, so I'll hold this up to you so when you're reading. All right. Here we go. Carrie, what? what, what? Someone put that on you? Uh, you're, oh, that's right. You're a wise man. All right. Okay. Once upon a time, there was a sheep. Let's do that again. Yes. There is a sheep who is grazing in front of the tree. Ah! <laughs> He's just an adult. There is a sheep who is grazing in front of the tree when Mary came along singing her favorite song. Da -dee -da -dee -da -dee -da. <laughs> 
she stopped to pet the sheep. The sheep. The sheep that made a sound. <laughs> she pet the sheep, then walked over and sat down on the stairs, which is what you'd expect outside, right? Near the sheep. Then God sent an angel to earth, saying, saying, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will convince in your womb and bear a son. You shall call his name Jesus. And Mary said, <laughs> We're not being in entirely biblical, just so you know. Okay. Ooh. Cool. There we go. End of scene one. Okay. Scene two, tree don't go anywhere. We need uh, the cow. We need an angel. I think it's the... Marianne, the angel just needs what they're going to read. Okay, I'm sorry. You guys need to stay. You can, you can be by Angel Corinne. And Joseph. We need Joseph. Up on the stage. Come on up on stage. And God said, this was John's idea. <laughs> I would like God to say, let there be peace. Right. <laughs> okay, scene two. Narrator should pause to give those unfamiliar with the story time to think about how awkward the conversation must have been between Joseph and Mary. Okay, the last, the last scene had a sheep. The last scene had a sheep. And this scene begins with a cow. Grazing in front of a tree. So Joseph went for a walk, and he walked, and he kept walking. Then he stopped to, f to pet his favorite cow. Then he walked some more and sat down after picking up his costume. He sat down on the stairs, which were occupied, making it difficult. And he somehow fell asleep and began to snore. And began to snore really loud. There we go. <laughs> that sounded like the tree, but okay. Then the angel came over to Joseph and spoke. Joseph, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is con conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And then Joseph said, one more time. Yo diggity. Yo diggity. Straight from scripture. There we go. Yes. End of scene two. Okay. On the stage now in our final scene of this epic tale, we need Jack the Star. We need the wise men or man and woman. Uh, we need a shepherd. We need a cow. We need a camel. We need an elephant. 
Joseph, Mary, a road sign, an innkeeper, a, and a donkey. And the rest is our angel chorus. Okay. Epic scene three. Scene one to remind you. <laughs> scene one had a sheep. Scene two had a cow. Scene two. <laughs> scene, this scene has a camel. A camel. Camel. And an elephant. It's the star of the show right there. Joseph walked next to his favorite camel. And Mary walked next to her elephant. And they walked until they came to Bethlehem. Put Bethlehem on the stage. This is what happens in my home, too. They, they walk to Bethlehem. Where's the innkeeper? Where's the innkeeper? Who's the innkeeper? Right there. Take your angel face off. Sign. Sorry. And come here, be an, angel, be an innkeeper. You get to do the angel, too. Stand right here. Look pretty for a minute. I'll tell you. I'll tell you in just a minute. Yes, at the right time. So they walked and they came to Bethlehem and they came right up to the innkeeper. And the innkeeper said, there's no room in the inn. There's no room, there's no room in the inn. And then she made a mean face. The innkeeper looked really, really mean. So Mary walked over to the stairs that were still in the field. Mary sat down and she began to cry. And then she cried some more. And then just a little more. <laughs> then a donkey sat down by her. The donkey sat down by her. And she felt better. Just a minute. Just a minute. Then Jesus was born rather quickly. As if out of nowhere. Then the angels who had been wondering, when do we get to do anything? Then the angels sang, happy birthday. Then the shepherd and his sheep drew close to Mary. Just and, then, and a the star shot through the sky. That is a star right there. Nicely done, Jack. Look at his face, his eyes of that star. The three wise men came up singing, 
No, not hi-ho. We three kings. We three, th we three kings. You're not, you're not. He's our kings of... Okay, we don't have time for the whole song. Then the wise men gave their presents to Jesus, gold, frankincense, and myrrh. And the wise men started to dance. <laughs> then everybody stood up. That's everybody stood up. Allison. And together we all sing. No, no, no. Oh, come, <laughs> oh, come let, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Oh, come, let us adore him. Christ the Lord. Round of applause for our kids. You guys can go ahead and take a seat. Everybody can head back to their seats. I got to admit, I have never been so nervous when we did this in my home. But it went just like that. Way to go, kids. Awesome job. That is impressive. No rehearsal, no nothing. Woo. You never would have guessed we hadn't rehearsed. I got this. Now, for those of you that are familiar with the uh, Christmas story, this may not have been the most uh, historically accurate rendition, but it was fun. Yo diggity. Merry Christmas, everybody. You know, I, I love this time of year. I, I love it for so many reasons. Our, our kids come home. We have a very tight family. We just love being with one another. I love giving gifts and telling people what they mean to you. I, I love receiving the gifts too. I, I love almost everything about the Christmas season, except for the Salvation Army guy who is wearing shorts sometimes, which doesn't seem right to me, being from the Midwest. But there's something that is way bigger and way more beautiful and way more awesome than just the season. And it is the reality of what God has done for us in Jesus. For those of you that are new with us, we've been talking over the past few weeks about what we're calling a glorious humiliation. This is a theological term to describe the Son of God in heaven, leaving heaven and coming to earth, being born with the frailty and the vulnerability of a baby, to go from the cradle to the cross 
and to the grave. Theologians call that the humiliation of Christ. My hope, though, is for us existentially that this would connect the dots between what God has done for us through Christmas and our own hearts. We've talked over the last few weeks about the drama of the Christmas story. There is so much drama. Can you imagine the drama of the angel conversing with Mary? Here in the nativity scene, angels are almost always have wings and a little halo. And the scripture records angels as being terrifying, awe-inspiring, otherworldly. Mary was likely 14 or 15. What were you like when you were 14 or 15? Can you imagine a 14 or a 15-year-old? hearing the angel say that in your womb, though you are a virgin, that the Holy Spirit will place the Messiah, the Christ. Can you imagine the drama of that conversation? Can you imagine the drama of the conversation that followed that with Joseph and Mary? How did that conversation even go? Uh, Joseph, we need to talk. How would that conversation even roll out? Then there's the birth of Jesus. Imagine a 14 and a 15-year-old, two teenagers, without any relatives around them, having their first. How many of you are parents here? Do you remember having your first? I don't know how you guys felt. To me, it was terrifying. Jana was in the bathroom. Caitlin had been born and she's crying. And I'm like, what do I do? And Jana says, change your diaper. And it's like, I don't know how to do this. And yet Joseph and Mary were 14 and 15. Then 40 days later, they took Jesus to dedicate him to the temple. And an old man named Simeon comes up lays his hand on their newborn baby, and then Simeon says, Now, Lord, I can die, for my eyes have seen my salvation. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine the drama for Simeon, who knew that we needed atonement, who knew that God needed to send a Savior, and his eyes beheld, and his hands held his salvation? In his hands. Can you imagine the drama for Mary at that point? An old man takes your newborn baby. And Mary had to be like, Joseph, Joseph, they have our baby. And then there's Joseph's dream. This is never included in the nativity story. But sometime... After the birth of Jesus, the Magi show up and they warn the Jesus family. Joseph wakes up in the middle of the night. I want you to experience this the way Mary experienced this. Her husband wakes her up and he says, I've had a dream. And Mary's like, 
listen, I've just been nursing your son for the last hour. I'm glad you had a dream. I haven't slept at all. And Joseph says, we've got to run for our lives. And they get on a camel after Jesus was just born, perhaps one month previously, and they ride 90 miles in the middle of the night, fleeing for their lives to Egypt. The Christmas story is so much scarier and so much more dramatic than we have any idea. So I want to talk briefly this morning about Luke. Luke is the writer of the third gospel. And compared to the 50 verses that we have in Matthew about Jesus' birth, he gives us 120 verses, giving us detail after detail after detail. Let me tell you a little bit about Luke. Luke was a doctor, first of all. He was a physician. He, joined, he became a pastor, and then he joined Paul's missionary team. He was an author. He wrote two huge books, Luke and Acts, and he was an incredible researcher. Look with me at what he says here in Luke chapter 1. Inasmuch as many have undertaken to compile a narrative of the things that have been accomplished among us, verse 2, just as those who were from the beginning were eyewitnesses and ministers of the word have delivered them to us. It seemed good to me also, having followed all things closely for some time past, to write an orderly account for you, most excellent Theophilus, and I want you to catch this, that you may know the certainty concerning the things that you have been taught. Luke does something that no other gospel writer does, or at least that they don't tell us about. Luke goes back to the original sources. Luke interviews the very people that were involved in the Christmas narrative. Luke went back and he interviewed Mary. Now think about this with me. This is fictional, but imagine Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Fictional conversation. They're talking about the gospel they're going to write. And Matthew says, I can't wait to write this gospel and include all of the Old Testament prophecies and how they were fulfilled. And Mark says, I'm going to describe Jesus as the servant of humanity. And John says, I'm going to lay down some deep theology that in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. And then Luke has a wry smile on his face and he says, I got Mary. What? What do you mean? I got Mary. I got on a camel and I rode and I interviewed the mother of Jesus. I have her quotes. I have her prayers. I have her feelings. That's what I'm going to put in my gospel. And John's like, why didn't I think about that? Mary lives with me. Right? On the cross, Jesus entrusted the care of his mother to Luke. To John, thank you, shows you're listening. And so Luke, Luke, as he writes this gospel, he makes one simple point. He says there's a sign, and I don't want you to miss the sign. A sign is a symbol. It's a symbol that's full of meaning, and it's not the star. 
It's not the shooting star because that came later, after Jesus' birth. Look with me at what Luke says in chapter 2, verse 7. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger. Verse 12. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. Chapter 2, verse 16. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. Of all the details Luke could give us, he impresses upon us this fact that we know how a 14-year-old mother from a backwater third world country, in their poverty, we know how she dressed her newborn son. Because Luke wants to make it very clear, this is not fiction. I am writing to you based on the original first-hand sources. We have the name of the Caesar. We have the name of the priest who was married to Mary's cousin, Zachariah. We have the name of Mary's cousin, Elizabeth. We have the conversation that Mary had with her cousin, Elizabeth. We have the reaction of the baby in Elizabeth's womb to the sound of Mary. We have the private words that Mary prayed when she was alone with Elizabeth. We have the length of time that Mary and Elizabeth stayed together. We have all of these details, and Luke spends the rest of his life telling the world, this is what happened. So here is what I want you to hear. Here's the main point about a child in a manger. A God who is laid in a feeding trough tells us how far God will descend in order to lift us up. In a few moments, we're going to be singing about the precious value of the human soul. And God has made that abundantly clear by leaving heaven and coming down to earth after us. Luke chapter 2, verse 11. For unto you, unto you is born. He was not speaking to Mary and Joseph. He was speaking to the shepherds and by extension to every single one of us here. Unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, someone who will rescue us, who is Christ, the anointed one, the chosen, the Lord, the Old Testament name for God himself. As we've discussed in this series of glorious humiliation, we have a God who will extend down into a feeding trough for animals in order to save those that he loves. So let's drink in this moment. Let's pause and think about what God has done for each of us by coming to the cradle he was deciding to go to the cross.
And that means joy. Pure, unadated, unadulterated, laughing joy. The cry, the sky cracked open and the angels heard. They sang an angel chorus and the shepherds said they heard the words glory to God in the highest. Christ, our Savior, is born. So this morning, we want to transition to a candle lighting ceremony. You'll find underneath your seat a candle. The splash teachers will be helping your kids with glow sticks. The ushers will be lighting the candles on the inside of the rose. Once your candle is lit, please light the candle of your neighbor. During this song, you can stand, you can seat, uh, whatever, you can sit. But let's pause and quiet our hearts and remember that in the midst of this darkness, in the midst of this broken world that has run away from God, a light was seen. And that light blazed in the life and death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Light has come into the world and we celebrate and welcome Jesus the Christ the Son of God.